Welcome to the Parenting in Uniform podcast. My name is Claudia. I became a mom after 16 years of active duty service. That's when I discovered the disparity in knowledge amongst our military leaders concerning service members who are pregnant, postpartum, breastfeeding, and just dealing with military life while balancing families at home. I hope this podcast helps to enlighten us all on parenting while serving our nation. Hello, everybody. I'm really excited to welcome today for this very first Parenting in Uniform podcast. We have Kelly Bell. She's a lieutenant colonel. If you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you through social media because you are a fantastic advocate for all military moms, those of us who are service members and also parents, especially those of us who are pregnant or postpartum, breastfeeding, just dealing with deployments, exercises, all of it, you are the go-to person to really find the right regulations and everything from helping to format a memo for commanders and resources and support for military moms. So please tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I have just over 21 years of service, the majority of which have been in the reserve side from a deployment to Afghanistan. And I have uh, two girls. I have an eight-year-old and a four-and-a-half-year-old. I really got started kind of down the road of what regulations are out there because I did a two-and-a-half-year duty as a company commander, and I took command while I was pregnant in the reserve and then was a company commander with a young child, and I had several other soldiers within my unit that were pregnant and or new moms. So I really wanted to figure out what regulations uh, covered us. And I found out that at the time, this was with my eight-year-old, there wasn't a whole lot that covered us uh, necessarily, especially uh, past the postpartum, aside from the height, weight, and APFT deferral. So nothing really covered us in terms of breastfeeding or things like that. And through social media, I would see all the issues that would come about and was trying to advocate for soldiers and figuring out how can I do this. And it really started with the undershirt that we got authorized in the Army. The Army was the first branch of service to authorize the undershirt that's designed for breastfeeding and pumping. And really, it was half a chance. I looked in the regulation for uniforms and reached out to someone that was at a memo, a sergeant major in DAG1 uniforms branch. And I said, I have a recommendation for a uniform change. Can I send it to you? And he said, sure, go for it. So I sent him my recommendation and he's like, let's do this. And eight months later, the undershirt was approved. So it did take some time, but it it had HGDAG1 processes. But after that, I was kind of like, wow, I can really actually make a change with things. So I just started reaching out to people and looking at the different guidance that's out there and trying to improve it, make sense of it, and make it so that it makes sense to the soldiers that actually need to use it. So that's how I got started. You just gave so much information right there. So first of all, you were a pregnant company commander. I couldn't even imagine that. When I was a company commander, I mean, it was just ridiculous long days. And it was also an airborne unit. So we did a lot of overnight jumps and follow-on operations and things like that. And I remember having a platoon leader who was pregnant and 
she ended up being reassigned for compassionate reassignment simply because she was pregnant and unable to carry out the mission and be a paid parachutist as well. So she had that. And then also starting the the breastfeeding t-shirt that goes along with the military uniform. So I have three of those and what a difference it makes. It just makes it so much easier to pump and also, when I take my son to a medical appointment, and that's really generally the only time that I breastfeed him when I'm in my uniform in public is at the clinic if he's getting his vaccinations. I'll tell you, it makes it so much easier. So thank you for that. You are the, the one who made it happen for everybody. Sure. And the interesting fact about the shirt is that it's designed by an Air Force mom. She's a physician. So it's kind of cool that she is the designer of the undershirt and now is authorized to wear all the uniform services except for public health service right now. But I think everyone else is authorized to wear it. So that's pretty exciting. And definitely makes it easier and saves time. It does. It, it really does. It's also very comfortable material and it comes in black and white as well. So, you know, in addition to the khaki colors that all the services have, you have that white and black option as well. So, and that's through Miss Military Mom. Is that the correct website or name? Yeah, Miss Military Mom. Mm-hmm. And you also do a lot with breastfeeding and combat boots. Yes. Yeah, so I was a frequent poster on their Facebook page and reaching out to soldiers that were having issues and kind of advocating for them. So within the past year, the organization is a nonprofit organization. And so they had reached out to me and asked if I would join their team as one of their administrators. So that's been really exciting because through that, it kind of helps to push. They do a lot in the background, working with lobbying for different um, breastfeeding laws and stuff. And so they work with a few different organizations with regards to that that has helped to change some federal laws, which of course then trickle down to us, of course. And just to be able to work with all the soldiers out there, I mean, I'm constantly being contacted by soldiers. I don't have an issue giving them my work email to contact me and work directly with them when they're having uh, issues with their chain of command, going to training. I've met some amazing contacts. I'm hoping to work with some folks at NTC because the instructor side of it sees a lot of the issues when you send breastfeeding moms, for example, to NTC. So we're trying to start to make those contacts to maybe set up some work guidance for the units that are coming in to train at NTC. How do you support your breastfeeding moms? Because there's a medical component to moms needing to be able to pump when they're away from baby. And we also put together uh, info sheet, the Breastfeeding Combat Boots page has a bunch of info sheets for service members to use. And we just published a couple months ago, probably, Pumping in the Field handout, which has some great tips if you have to go out to the field on uh, still pumping. And it's also something you would be able to give to your commander. And it has the regulatory guidance reference right in it. Uh, so commanders can support their breastfeeding soldiers out in the field. And all of that is from the Breastfeeding Combat Boots Facebook page? Well, yeah, so they have a Facebook page, but they also have a website. So the website is where the info sheets are. And the website also has all the regulatory guidance, starting with the, the 
Department of Defense guidance, and then it has a section for each branch of service. So not just Army, but all the services. It has links to all the guidance that pertains to postpartum and pregnancy breastfeeding type guidance. And that's really useful because all the services have their own different rules and regulations and policies. So no service is the same. The Marine Corps just one up the Army, for instance, on their new policy for postpartum. Is that right? I haven't gotten a chance to uh, completely read through the new policy from the Marines, but yeah, it's kind of funny because the services, I don't want to say we compete against each other like officially, of course, but the Army was the first service to have the undershirt, but for everything else, the Army lags behind. So we have the shortest recovery period postpartum for example as to when we have to take our physical fitness test and do height weight other services are a year and we're the only service that really doesn't have a 100 percent defined like duty away from quotation postpartum now some of that semantics and how you read the regulations but it's not cut and dry like the other services that specify it's a year. Although the Army as well, we were the first service that we have the waiver to TV Med 530. I know some people are aware of it, but it's kind of new still. And so the waiver to TV Med 530 allows for soldiers, particularly if they're away from their duty station or in a more of a field environment, if there's a DFAC, they are authorized to store their breast milk in the DFAC refrigeration to include the freezer. So that's a huge win for Army Mom to be able to store their milk, not have to dump it when they're coming out on some of the longer training exercises. Yes, that is definitely a victory for moms in the field. So I did want to mention that because there are a lot of new regulations, sometimes they contradict each other. Can you touch on that a little bit about the new Army regulation, at least, that says um, postpartum breastfeeding moms are exempt from exercises or movements for a year postpartum? So it was the new ALARAC that came out of the National Defense Authorization Act. And the way that it was written was basically written how the federal law was written. So it states that uh, mothers who are on active duty or, or give birth on active duty are deferred from deployment for 12 months. So I knew the Alarac was coming out. Of course, I didn't know what it was going to say. So it is a big win that moms are now deferred for 12 months. However, the wording is very poor, in my opinion. So I reached out to uh, Mr. Dillard on S1Net. So he does all things personnel, and was trying to clarify what exactly does this mean and who does it pertain to? Because a lot of people, you know, they're going to take that at face value and say, well, you're a reserve soldier, doesn't pertain to you. Well, as soon as you're a reserve soldier and you go on active duty, guess what? You're an active duty mom that's 12 months postpartum. So Mr. Dillard through S1Net did clarify that the intent of the Alarac is that it covers all soldiers, regardless of component or status. So 
active duty, reserve, National Guard, TPU soldiers, AGRs, and day soldiers, they're all in theory covered by it, although the ALRAC doesn't specifically state that. Previous to that, I had reached out regarding the Army Draft of 2015-43 to clarify what that meant in terms of the postpartum deployment deferment. And it was at that time that Mr. Dillard said that yes, indeed, a tree, it covers operational exercises. And right after that clarification came out, the ALARAC came out. And the ALARAC in paragraph seven states that soldiers will be coded PD or postpartum deployment deferment PD as their deployability code for 12 months. So if you kind of piece those things together, that tells you that they're deferred from training exercises as well for 12 months. But again, it's not clear cut. And so I've seen IGs and JAGs argue both sides and say, yes, that's what it means. And no, that's not what it means. So it's still left up to some interpretation, which is obviously a struggle for moms, because even a mom that has a seven-month-old, that seven-month-old, although you started solid, is still breastfeeding and drinking quite a bit of milk. So I'm still working on trying to get better clarification. We were really kind of moving forward with a lot of different policies and clarification of policies, and then the pandemic hit. So obviously, focus shifted across the army into the COVID response. So some things are kind of on the back burner for now, but, you know, they're still being worked at some level, just not as full force as they were before. And I know my breastfeeding journey with my son has been extended because of COVID. That extra time at home, the stress of not needing to pump. So so that's been one plus for me, for sure. But thank you for explaining, you know, the postpartum operational deferment. And and it is confusing, but I feel like it's also a sign of progress, even though it's not easy to interpret and JAGs are still working it out. And ultimately, I believe it would be commander's discretion to determine how they're going to interpret for each individual soldier as it comes up. Hopefully that commander is going to be supportive of new moms and we'll see how that all turns out in the end. Yeah, we're definitely working. I think once COVID kind of settles down a little bit more, we can push forward again with some better clarification, more consolidated guidance because you have to sometimes look in several places to find the information and then piece it together and commanders aren't necessarily going to do that and they don't even know what guidance is out there so it'll take some time but I think as the other services like I said the army lags behind for sure with specific clear-cut guidance about keeping moms at home even though like that is big army's intent it's not laid out in black and white yet and so having the other services that have these more clear guidance to help mom you know now the army's way behind so i foresee in the future hopefully sooner than later better guidance coming out from hqda for sure is there anything new as far as breastfeeding i mean i understand the there's a new federal law that went into effect 
last fall. So was that around November 2019? Federal law came out. And so it states that as long as a person is authorized to be there, if you are on federal property, you are authorized to breastfeed your child anywhere that, again, that you're authorized to be. So you can't break in someplace or whatever. And you do not need to wear covers. So uh, military installations are federal property. And through social media, I know that a lot of soldiers will have been counseled or talked to because they'll be on a military base. Two examples that come to my mind, there was a mother and she was at the PX in the food court feeding her child and ended up, someone saw her, knew what unit she was with, whatever, and she ended up getting counseled by her NCOs because she had unzipped her ACU blouse, her uniform blouse, in order to breastfeed. And so they were saying she was out of uniform because she unbloused her top. And similar situation happened to a mom. She was on her lunch break. One of her kids was on post. They're at a playground on post. And one of her kids is playing and she's feeding the other one and was told that she couldn't do that because, again, she was out of uniform because her top was unbloused. And so I reached out to the uniforms branch again, the same folks that I worked with for the undershirt. And we're, I'm anxiously awaiting the update to AR670-1, which hopefully if everything gets approved as is, we'll have very clear guidance allowing women to unzip, unbutton, remove your shirt or your top when necessary to a breastfeed or pump in accordance with federal law. So even though that the uniform guidance hasn't come out yet, federal law is above any army regulation that's written. So even though AR670-1 hasn't been updated yet, we still fall back on the federal law. So don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And do you know if the other services have similar regulations already in place? So I know the Air Force, and they were trying to work a little bit on the wording. The last regulation I saw for the Air Force did say that women are authorized to remove their top, for example, if they have the breastfeeding undershirt on, but only in personal work area. I know they were working on that. The Army doesn't have any stipulation like if you are out somewhere to remove your top with the shirt on. But I don't think the Air Force restricts people from unzipping their top necessarily. So I haven't seen that that's an issue in the other services. I've really only seen it come up in the Army. Okay. And then also, as far as pumping facilities go now, every federal building is supposed to also have a room where nursing moms are able to go to pump. So with a locking door, refrigerator, running water. So that's going to be tough on the, especially on the reserve side. We have smaller facilities. There was already a requirement in accordance with Army Directive 2015-43 that commanders needed to provide a secure location for their pumping moms. And that also included a space in the, if they go out into the field. I know for the, in the Army Directive, storage is not required. They are supposed to kind of locate them close to running water if possible, but that would take a lot of funding 
to ensure that whatever room it is actually has running water in it. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out across the Army and the Army Reserve for sure. I know in accordance with the Army Directive, like if you're in a reserve facility and you only have like one mom that's pumping, for example, and she's a reservist, you wouldn't necessarily have to have a room that's closed off all the time but you would have to give her access to that like on the weekends when she's there for her reserve duty, for example. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss? I don't think at this time, I think we'll probably get some questions out of this and we can always revisit some of the policy issues as we move forward. And if there's other topics. Yes. So my intent would be for this podcast, I would love to have you back on sometime and that way we can really deep dive into different policies, regulations, different topics like breastfeeding on installations or how to deal with your chain of command and how to approach discussing any intention to pump or coming back from maternity leave or even just before you go and have your baby. (laughs) How do you even broach the subject with a lot of our supervisors who more often than not are also men. And even though they're dads, they're not necessarily accustomed to having a subordinate that is going to require extra support because of family and having an infant at home. So great. I I really appreciate you coming on, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Bell, and I hope to have you back on again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. Sure. This podcast has no affiliation with the Department of Defense, nor any of the military units or organizations mentioned. This podcast is for information only. Statements and views made by guests are not necessarily those of the host, and no statements should be construed as fact or medical advice.